What's up, everybody? Thank you for coming on board. We have Mr. Kevin Preston on board with us for round two. Round two, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting to have you on. So thank you so much for setting aside some time to talk. You've been a busy guy. Uh, you've been on a lot of interviews these days, hey? It's been a busy time, exciting, and um, yeah, really grateful to be here. And I love connecting with you. And uh, I know Kristen's not on today, but um, yeah, it's always fun having conversations with you guys. And so I'm really grateful. Thank you. Good. I see you're wearing our swag. Thank you. I am. It's yeah. one of my favorite sweaters. It's so comfy and yeah, energy in there. So today's yeah. the day. It's uh, yeah, masking sweater day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so we are into the fall season and, um, your last event, the new human event was like, it was a huge success in my eyes. Like, I think it did very well. And now you're rolling into your second event, which is coming in December 16th. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, I don't want to get too much into it because I feel like we have a lot to, we'll always have a lot to talk about. <laughs> you and I can go down the rabbit hole really easily. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this event and what it means to you and what energy is being called forward for this one. Ah, beautiful. I think where we began with the new human, you know, the last event and just touching in on that a little bit is the, you know, similar vibe and similar intention for this one, even though it is going to be different. It's a different time of year, you know, summertime, June, close to summer solstice, that really yang time of the year. And, you know, for those that don't know, I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine. And so I really love to play in both the, the yin and yang energy and all these things that are live on the planet right now with like masculine and feminine energy and how do these things dance and balance each other. And so coming into winter, winter solstice time that is the yin time of the year going into the darkness you know going into the the deep not that the last one wasn't super deep and you know transformation and and healing and that that full energy that was there so it's going to be really intense and potent but soft and beautiful as well and i know those might sound contradictory but there is i believe a way to weave that together where you can have the softness and the depth and sometimes it may be still very powerful and intense that silent power you know that that soft kind of edge that sometimes we can get into in our, our bodies deep within so that's part of the theme is really slowing down going deep inside harnessing the power of the dark and yin is that you know yin is deep yin is the the darkness it's the the moon energy the the deep winter and plants and trees, you know, all the energy goes down into their roots. It goes down deep into the ground. And I find that as humans, we don't always take time to do that. You know, we're sort of out in the world, especially now the amount of distractions is next level, but it's shallow energy. And I'm not trying to judge the energy there as, you know, not useful, but it may not penetrate the depth of what we actually have inside. And I believe to do that, one of the things we need to do is slow down, clear the distractions, and then see what emerges there. And sometimes when you slow down, you don't have to actually go very deep into yourself to find these things that are like sitting right there. Others, 
you may take a little bit more time to get through those layers. And so that's the experience that we'll be cultivating there. And we're going to be back at the same place at the, the Splat Team Community Center there in Enderby. And that building, as you know, is very powerful, a sacred space, you know, really a beautiful place to be able to be held and feel safe, to be able to travel into something deeper, to travel into your own darkness. And even, you know, for all of us together, there'll be that fire element too, a lot of candlelight. We're going to be doing a fire ceremony outside mm. and it's going to all be, you know, weaving that energy together to allow for something new to emerge in each person. Sick. And it's so true. Cause like we were, I know before we pressed record and I knew we were, we should have recorded this part, <laughs> but the energy that's being called in is it is to slow down and take a minute, like be like almost hermit like, <laughs> but in the same breath, really focusing on what really matters, stepping away from the distractions. Um, yeah, it's just, it keeps coming up in all my teachings. And it's like, okay, this is so apparent. It's so loud that, <laughs> yeah, it just, it's just kind of in our faces, even though still like, I mean, the weather's getting colder, it's getting darker. Naturally, we're going to be hermiting and like getting comfy in our in our PJs and you know staying inside and usually when you're doing that you're spending that time regardless <laughs> with your family um so I think that's really powerful um we also did talk a little bit about before we started the recording uh, the feeling of the different layers of just what shows up for us mm -hmm. and I know you kind of, you mentioned how, you know, maybe more that we do it, the more we get used to it and like our bandwidth gets bigger, but I don't know how true that is. I feel like that feeling feels the same every time. It's like, it's a matter of understanding what to do with it. It's like, oh yeah, I've been here before. What do I do with this? Oh, this is the part of me that's coming out. Let's honor that. Because I just don't know, like, I mean, I've peeled the layer so many times and I can't say that it's ever felt lighter or better um, or like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like the death of someone. It's like, it never, it never feels good, but you just know how to manage the feelings as time goes on with mm -hmm. experience. So mm -hmm. I think that you know, when you're diving so deep into the depth of what you're talking about, sometimes it's so deep and sometimes it's at the surface. Do you think that for people that have been doing, like for those who do the work and always peeling the onion, always reflecting, um, do you feel that we usually have to dive deeper or is it easier for us to gain a hold of that essence of what we need to heal through? Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel that, well, in my experience and then working with lots of groups and, you know, certainly one-on-one -on -one with people, something that emerges at times is we don't always notice our growth. Mm. And it, it can be hard to measure and track. It's not like a, a spreadsheet or 
a calculator where you can just, you know, punch in the the ones and the zeros and the the different equations and you're you're thinking, "Oh, here's where I'm at right now in my my emotional intelligence or my spiritual intelligence or or my, you know, cultivation of awareness." There's not a a daily score that we get for that. You know, our mind would love that probably <laughs> some of the time, but one of the things I've noticed is it's it's relative. So it doesn't really matter where you start and where you end. It's the difference in between. Yeah. And this is, I think, the element of, of humans where maybe somebody had a really rough start in life. And, you know, anybody listening can cultivate or populate what that vision might be for them, where just one thing after another, right, you know, from the get-go of being born, they, they were born into a difficult location on the planet or a household or people or or whatever and it was maybe really horrendous even and so sometimes there's this element of that doesn't seem fair where maybe somebody else was born into a great family with you know wealth and abundance and you know plentiful food and and all the rest and doesn't know what it's like to go hungry and have everything at their fingertips or everything's done for them and somebody might say well that's unjust also and it really depends on the lens. And so really when I kind of pull back for myself, the, the elements of making progress in some way inside of me is what feels good. And it, it can be hard to measure. And it's often, you know, you hear these sayings that when you feel like you're getting it wrong the most is when you're growing the most. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> is that true also, you know, is that is that actually what's going on? And so it does seem like when I'm back in familiar places or with familiar people, if it's been a little bit of time, I can feel where I've grown. Or when I'm in uncomfortable conversations, I remember back to maybe last year or five years ago or whatever, and I realize, oh my goodness, if I was in this conversation then, there's no way I could be sitting here, breathing calmly, holding my own discomfort holding the other person's whatever it might be anger disapproval projection joy sadness tears that i i feel like i have cultivated that muscle more by doing it and this is something around integration that even the events that we do you can come to an event and we do put a lot of intentionality into this that it's not just a cerebral experience it's not just a mental thing where I teach some concepts, we have some conversations, that feels good, we listen to some music, you know, and that's part of it too. But the energy that's built for months ahead of time is so that it can land in the body actually, and that we can integrate it into the nervous system. And part of the work after events or experiences of any kind is how do you show up in that next conversation? You know, how do you show up in waking up in the morning in a of old vibration or a new vibration and we're not going to get it right all the time and this has definitely been a conversation i've had this week especially and even for myself oh i i messed that up or i didn't do that the way i wanted to and then the the self uh judgment or criticism mm -hmm. can start coming in there and that can actually take over sometimes for some people's inner dialogue and inner narrative that doesn't actually account for how much growth they've experienced and expecting themselves to always get it right. And, you know, as a facilitator, somebody who's on stage and doing these things and, you know, speaking a lot lately, 
there has been judgments that I've had on myself is like, I can't fuck up anything. No, I have to get it right all the time. And how ridiculous and unrealistic that actually is and how hard that could be for my nervous system to have that mm. kind of pressure. And so just giving myself more permission lately of, I am gonna not have clear communication. There's times where I am confused. There's times where I don't know what I want to do. And there's times where I don't even know what I need. And I might have a bunch of fear come up around that or self-doubt or even with events like this is like, should I do this? Is this a good idea? And I just feel like that's the humanity that we all have. And perhaps if we didn't have that, we'd evaporate off the planet into like <laughs> a plane or something. Like that. But, so I think the practice that we're talking about is even when those feelings or emotions are there, um, allowing them to be there more and see what voice they have. It doesn't mean they have to run the ship or overtake us. And I remember speaking to that at the last new human of who's in the driver's seat in your life. And so much of the time, if we're overwhelmed, distracted, really busy, you know, this is a theme and we're not slowing down, then unconsciously our subconscious, our shadow patterns, our coping skills, the survival skills, that's in the driver's seat. And it usually runs amok pretty quickly and then it just turns into more. And so when I, when I slow down, I feel this that I am more conscious with my thoughts and my words and what is being processed inside. And so I, I had a challenging conversation last week and the week before that. And what I noticed in those conversations was I even said, can we just pause for a minute here? Mm. And, you know, in another case, it was, you know, emotional and there was some intensity and I started feeling like I was disconnecting actually. And I started to feel, I'm moving into a bit of overwhelm in my body, whereas in the past, I would have just completely bulldozed that and bypassed that and kept going. Mm. And so I actually asked for a pause. I could tune into my body and asking my body what's happening right now <clears throat> inside. And it was, oh, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed with this conversation. And I, I have skill sets that I've developed in conversation and I'm not perfect. And I, I can get overwhelmed or I can get triggered. And so I, I called a slowing down and just said, I, I think I need to just take a minute and sort of breathe and maybe just be with myself for a few moments or just can we pause here to give some space? And in the past, I never would have asked for that, um, both because I wouldn't have felt like I was allowed to. And maybe I hadn't really attuned enough to my own nervous system to even acknowledge that I was feeling overwhelmed. And I see that a lot with patients. They don't know that they're overwhelmed. They might feel some anxiety, and but there's enough disconnect there that they're not actually attuning to their body. And their body's actually saying, stop right now. We're overwhelmed. We need to process. And, you know, that's sometimes where we get a little bit lost. And it, it happens. And so I'm just like reflecting this of what I notice for myself. And that's progress for me. You know, mm. that's an area where, oh, I, I did do that in a new way, in a different way. And it's uncomfortable because I'm building new neural pathways. But, you know, felt, it felt good, even though it was a little challenging in the moment. That's so powerful because I think it takes, it takes a lot of, time and courage to even for one slow down to even ask permission to feel worthy enough to be like whoa whoa 
just give me a second to process this. Um, what would you say some signs would be? Because I know like a lot of us, I'm going to just, I'll just put, throw us all in this, <laughs> this bucket <laughs> of filth, <laughs> um, <laughs> this human experience. A lot of us are just used to living in that high stress, that intensity. So you wouldn't even really notice if something even more intense came in because you're just constantly in that space. Uh, what are some signs that you could maybe suggest for our listeners to look out for if that is the case for them, if they don't know how to separate themselves mm -hmm. from excitable stress to let's get more connected to our body? Maybe one of the first things would be checking in and seeing how are you breathing in that moment? Mm. Are you Good holding one. your breath? Because that is so prevalent in these challenging conversations. Both people, the diaphragm's like locked down. Oxygen's not getting like much past the throat even. It's stuck in the upper chest. Like, yeah, because yeah. You know, that, that fight or flight or the fear around what's happening in the conversation, whatever it might be, suddenly you're not breathing or you're breathing shallow and the whole body <clears throat> just gets so tight. And then it blocks off all kinds of things, blocks off blood flow to the brain, oxygenation, all of those things. And then we do start actually triggering our, our own physiology. And it might be in a scenario where we're actually safe, but we can start disconnecting to realize that it's, it's safe. And we start having this story, oh, this isn't safe, but it's actually the, the body responding to us not breathing. And then we, we're not always the most discerning because I've actually seen this quite a bit in emotional and mental work, spiritual work, and safety is a big theme right now. So I'm just going to um, dovetail into that for a second and come mm -hmm. back is yeah. that there's, you know, people in conversations sometimes where they're like, oh, no, that person's not safe for me because safety is like a big part of conversation right now, okay. which is good. And important, you know, do you feel safe in your relationships, in your friendships, in your work? That is really important. However, sometimes that deeper wounding or that deeper trauma response that might be there is you can feel really unsafe, even if safety is present. That maybe there is somebody that is holding a really healthy space. Maybe they're holding a healthy boundary. They're warm. They're loving. They're there. They're present. And there might actually be good safety, but it doesn't mean you would feel safe. And that's sometimes because of the own, uh, your own trauma response that's there. And so if you're breathing, I do find people can attune to what's actually taking place in the environment and what is around them energetically. And so that's a big key. And then coming back to what are other things that you can look for? Um, poor sleeping, you know, being mm -hmm. really agitated, not falling asleep, feeling a lot of restlessness, waking up a lot usually indicates that there's some elements of the subconscious nervous system or conscious that the body's kind of in this adrenal mode, fight or flight a little bit. They call it tired and wired because you're excitable and jacked up a little bit, but you can't settle. And maybe the heart rate's up a little bit, body temps up a little bit, and it's, it's just mm -hmm. on. It's not shutting down. Like it's not going into rest phase. That's usually stuck in sympathetic. I feel like a lot of people are going through that right now. Huge. Well, they're, if they're connected into the collective, and I know we all are, if we're, we're one, there's a lot happening on the planet. And this is a challenging time for so many of how much do we allow ourselves to get pulled into the fear? 
and the intense things that are happening sometimes for people personally, individually, sometimes they're seeing it collectively where their nervous system becomes highly dysregulated mm-hmm. because the planet is quite dysregulated right now. And again, just coming back to how are you breathing right now? If you're watching the news or seeing a story, a lot of people are actually in um, holding their breath and they become very intense inside and very either shut down or locked down or they start getting angry and agitated. But they may not notice that that's happening. If they watch the news every day, it's almost like a desensitization that their body's in fight or flight, but they're overriding that. They keep hitting the stimulus button again and again without coming back to that space of like softness and ease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sleep is part of it. The other thing I would say is if you have that feeling that you're in a rush all the time, that is a sign that your nervous system's a little bit dysregulated and you're not slowing down. Have to do this, have to do this, just go, 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 go all the time. There's not really a, a moment for your nervous system to come to a space of rest. And typically then when that's happening, you carry way more tension than what you might even notice because you get used to it. You get used to running the kids around to 50 things in a week, you know, having a hundred phone calls and messages and like Mm -hmm. Instagram signal, WhatsApp, whatever, Facebook, a million other Twitter. It doesn't matter. You know, there's like five or 10 (laughs) even Twitter anymore. (laughs) Yeah. and, And so maybe you're communicating with, you know, 40 different people on eight different channels that could be overwhelming for the nervous system. And then you're not touching down in a way that allows grounding and for the nervous system to reset. So it starts wiring itself to try and survive in that environment with that amount of stimulus. Then when you do slow down, guess what happens? Super amount of uncomfortable feelings agitation, mm-hmm. frustration, irritability, start getting grouchy. It's like, ah, oh, what am I doing? Bored, but we won't let ourselves get bored these days because there's like a million things we can just tap into. And I'm not judging because I do this too, but I notice how it affects my nervous system. And then I can choose to take a breath and slow down. And so that is the medicines I think right now that we can offer is what if we did something different? What, in, what if we, uh, instead of speeding up, we slowed down? And what if we created a safe space where we could do that in a one day event to tap into that yin, like winter rooted energy, because our energy naturally wants to do that in the winter because it's dark. Mm-hmm. And we don't usually follow that. We turn on all the lights and the TV and the iPad and the phone and everything else. And we light up our life when the body's like, no, I want to <laughs> slow down and go deeper here. I need some rest. So it will be a very restful event a very um, approachable event is just one day and it's no less powerful, I would say than a two day, but maybe more bite-sized for somebody to tune in, spend one day. It's a Saturday that if they're nervous or afraid to look into these deeper places, it's only one day. And you know what, if somebody had to leave the event because it was too intense for them, and that was all their nervous system wanted to kind of take in for that day, that's okay also. You know, nobody says you have to do all of these things. Nobody says you have to go past where your nervous system is comfortable and you can actually just take a seat at the back and breathe through and not participate in the next exercise or the session 
unless you feel really guided and called to. And maybe that's actually a good decision for your nervous system. If you're attuning, what do I need right now? Ah, I need a fresh air. I'm just going to sit and have a tea and just watch and listen and observe and enjoy being in the space, enjoy the candlelight, enjoy the, you know, the energy of the room. And maybe that's, that's as far as it is. And that could be successful. That's not a failure. I love that. Failures are just another piece of the pie of growth anyways. Yeah. We use that word so often. It's like, I want to fail actually (laughs) to see what, what I can take from it. Um, from, for your event, do you have the space holders that you did in your last event? Yes. So that's another important factor is having a crew and having the people that I call space holders. And that is their role is to literally be in the room and help hold the energy in observation of others while they're going through their process. And just knowing that there's other humans that have done a lot of work on themselves that have cultivated a certain level of um, functional aspects of their emotional guidance systems and their energy, and they don't have to be perfect because we're never going to get everything right, but that they hold really beautiful presence. And, you know, some of them are practitioners, some of them are coaches and guides and you know, they've traversed terrain before they've gone into their own darkness, they've gone into the depths, they've faced different things that are scary for them, or, you know, huge amount of discomfort, maybe they've been through a rebirth or two, and, you know, been through some things so that they can kind of speak that language and see the signs and feel when people are moving through something that's challenging. And sometimes it's just nice to have another human being that you know, is looking out for you, and like specifically holding space for your process. And then having a group of people in a a physical location that's already built for that and that all the energy is built for that for months leading up to it. And then that there's a group of people in physical proximity that are also helping hold that energy. So much healing can happen because there's like triple level of, you know, safety and intentionality (laughs) that you're wrapped in this blanket of, um, you know, really beautiful energy vortex that sometimes can allow people to maybe go to those levels in their nervous system or at their heart that normally they can't, you know, normally maybe they can't open that door or have a hard time accessing that, but in the space and, you know, we've been to group events together, you know, and, and experiencing things, there is power in the group Mm. that there can actually be a greater safety if it's cultivated in the right way. And I would say at our last event, that was something that brought me so much, joy and energy and inspiration is seeing how everybody supported each other the amount of like you know hugs and love and openness and vulnerability that there is a lot of humanity happening in that room a lot of connection and so a lot of people that have felt disconnected from themselves or others these types of events that we're doing are really built to add to that level of connection in a really like a pure way and like a really clean energy way that um, sometimes that needs to be reignited for people that have lost that. I agree. I agree. I think there's a solid foundation you can, you're coming from. And when you're, when you have people like at your event holding space for others, either way for the human um, soul to feel safe and heard, we just want to be acknowledged and having someone holding that space, looking you in the eyes and 
hearing everything that you're saying and understanding and having compassion and empathy uh, is massive. Just, just to be held and seen is like, you're right. Like we can't get through the depths of it sometimes when we're by ourselves, if we don't feel seen or heard, we really mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. um, that was a huge one for me growing up. That was kind of, that was something that lacked for me was being seen and heard never really had it growing up. And then when it came and like really hit me in the face, I was like, whoa, okay. That's why I did the thing and did that. And blah, blah, blah. for the years that I've been doing it, I'm like, gosh, that's where it was coming from. Um, and I was my last interview with Kristen Hallett. She's so cool. Like so grateful that you brought her because if you didn't have her at your last event, we wouldn't have had the interview with her. So she's an amazing human. Good yes. job, Kev. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, following guidance that I get and trusting that. And I really appreciate Kristen as well. She's magic. And it was so yes. great to there. Absolutely. Just next level. But like I, I, cause we got deep in our conversation and uh, we were talking about, I don't know, I was talking about my mother because my mother's not in my life. Um, it's not something I really talked about much before, but I've done so much therapy and work around it. Um, and so I brought it up in, in a conversation and then it was just like we went on, to, I went on to the next thing and she brought it back. She's like, whoa, whoa, can we just talk about this for a second? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was it was so nurturing I felt so held and heard when she was like no let's talk about this this is a big deal like uh don't just dismiss it and I certainly wasn't um we were just I was using it as an example mm -hmm. but just even her holding that space was just something I'll never forget. And that's the same energy my aunt had my mom's sister and she, I'll take it with me forever. It's like when I'm talking to you, you're the only one that's in the room. Mm -hmm. You're the only one that's important to me right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a culture, we've kind of, we kind of lack that because yeah. I don't see that too often. And when I see it, I know it, like I know yeah. it. Well, and that's the slowing down part because even yeah. when we're in conversation with somebody at a coffee shop or something else, we might be thinking about check-in messages on our phone, who's called, who's messaged, who liked our stories on Instagram. And that can, as a possibility, pull us out of connection and presence with the other person. And they feel it, even if they don't know it consciously fully, it changes the nature of the connection. And um, I'm really grateful. Um, my my kids were at the the last event, and you know, talking to my daughter about it afterwards, and um, she's 14 and just a, such a beautiful soul. She gave me really good feedback on each of the speakers and shared some really beautiful messages and. Then it came to me and I was like, well, what did you think of me speaking? And she's like, dad, I felt like you were just like speaking right to me. And, Aww. you know, I just, it hit me right in the heart of, oh, thank you, sweetie. Like, thank you for that feedback. And it is my intention to meet people where they're at, whether I'm speaking to one person or a, a couple hundred in that space 
that I'm human as well. And I'm aiming to deliver from that place as clearly as I can with all of my flaws and insecurities and self judgments and everything else. Cause I know everybody else feels that too. Oh, and then I can God. just, you know, name that and, and be real. But there is, um, there is something beautiful when we feel somebody's full presence with us. It's like the best gift we can offer. Yeah. Yeah. And then doing that as a collective, um, just amplifies everything. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, Kevin, it starts from the top, from that level of empathy and space being held. Um, I see it all the time when, you know, even we, and we don't have to get into government, but it's the same thing. It starts from the top. And if it's not happening up here, it ain't happening down here. Like, otherwise the bottom line, just going to have to take care of it themselves. Just yeah. kind of pave their own path is yeah. whatever it is. It's not working. Don't feel right. Whatever the case is. I mean, for all our listeners, like this really has everything to do with gaining a better connection with our intuition and um, really calling it back, staying curious, asking the questions if something doesn't feel right, not fitting ourselves in the box any longer. Like we don't fit in boxes. Okay. Like it just doesn't, it's just not realistic. Uh, and it doesn't bring longevity to life. And two, the other part of that is uh, bringing down our nervous system, bringing balance to that, because that is also what brings longevity to life. If you mm -hmm. look at like old countries and the seniors that live there, what is bringing longevity to their life? Well, they're taking care of their own farming. They're making their own food. They're always moving their body. Very low stress levels. They're just not, they don't bring stress into their life. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's a no-go. Um, and I think these events are really helpful because of our culture these days. And even before social media, I'm not going to lie. Social media just fucking amplified everything. But back in the day, in the 90s, before it came out, there was still a huge disconnection. There was still a big con confusion on what role we should be playing. Um, I know my mother never taught me. She didn't know. She was a baby boomer. My God, like, I felt really bad for those generations. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, not everybody went through it in, in the darkness in that way. Uh, I have had heard some beautiful stories of baby boomers that grew up eating organic foods, learned how to nourish their bodies, how to call it back to their soul and bring balance into their life. And then those lessons have been taught, you know, coming down, but we have really been so far removed from these practices that it's so, so important to bring it back in. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you and I and anybody else that's here now, that's here now <laughs> by accident. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't, I think it's totally on purpose and um, I'm, I'm grateful for that, but mm -hmm. it's been challenging. I'm not going to lie. These human experiences, I don't care how much work you do. It still comes in still the feelings are still had to be felt. Got to slow down and integrate that into your body so that you can gain sense, a better sense of what to do next or how to deal with these situations or just let it flow through. Um, okay. So 
see, I can go down these rabbit holes and <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, you're speaking about connection and there's like a huge energy wave that I sense and feel with, you know, events that I'm doing events that others are doing as well, that we want that again, like, because there's been so much disconnecting uh, disconnection, our bodies need it, like our hearts are wanting that and craving that and the pendulums swinging back because you can only kind of stretch the nervous system and the, the human capacity so far mm -hmm. before it needs to, you know, reset or come back into some kind of balance because it's not sustainable. And the amount of, you know, burnout or um, huge dysfunctional, you know, relationships and family systems and things like that, like they, they do need to be looked at. And usually the thing that's missing is connection, like healthy connection. Yeah. So really grateful for, you know, I call it the, the soul family that, you know, a lot of people know that lingo of mm -hmm. we get to meet each other and there's like a familiarity. There's I had that feeling of, I know you and it feels good and we're connecting and we're moving in a similar direction. And it seems like the soul family reconnections are happening a lot now. And especially for people that have felt displaced, ostracized, marginalized, any of those things, it seems like the events that we do, like that's the place for us, <laughs> you know, that's the place for open, beautiful, connecting conversations, authenticity and vulnerability. And uh, a lot of us are wanting to move in that direction in our lives because we know we can, you know, we know there's more for us in, in that. And as that starts opening up, huge amounts of healing happen. And I, I feel like one of the things you said too, like it can be really challenging at times going through these aspects of, you know, call it awakening, call it of, uh, you know, higher levels of awareness, I think then there's a lot of ancestral healing mm -hmm. that is coming through many of us that open to um, these elements and are doing deeper work. A whole lot of energy starts like rushing through because it's like a, a dam that's finally burst. And that mm -hmm. amount of pressure and energy sometimes is, is overwhelming and very intense. And a lot of my patients say this too, like, why is this happening to me? What's going on? I'm like, well, congratulations, you're awakening and congratulations. You might be the first one in your ancestry that's able to hold this and work on it and transmute it and transform all this like stuck, backed up energy that's been waiting to find an outlet. And it's, it's beautiful and challenging sometimes, but um, very powerful for family systems too. So powerful. Okay. Um, now, this is a topic I know you're going to love. When we are doing our, and actually, okay, I'm going to back it up a second. I had, um, I don't know if I call them students or members, but I teach a lot of classes and uh, a lot of meditation Reiki classes, but it's, it's a lot of perspective work. I just do a lot of channeling, bring in a lot of like just different things for people to chew on. And what came up after one of my classes was um, invocations. And I say invocations of um, a process that we, I like to teach for meditation and just to bring in, just bring it in. Mm -hmm. And what one of my students or clients <laughs> Um, what she was doing was she was just being open-minded meditation without any invocations, without protecting her energy, without um, 
just calling in the right energies. And she was told by somebody how detrimental that can be. And the invocations that we do in, in our meditations is not only letting go of energy that's not ours and cutting energetic cords, but really calling in um, your grounding and protecting the space and only calling in specific energies to help, you know, guide you wherever you're at. Can we talk about this part? Because I know you're going to love this because it's really yeah. easy to be this open vessel when it comes time to integrating that calmness, slowing down, maybe, maybe you are doing more meditations. I mean, let's just be honest, guys. There's so many different ways to meditate, by the way. It's not just like sitting still and like not being able to scratch your nose because it's itchy. <laughs> it, just, it can happen so many ways, but it's really important to be aware <laughs> of all that I just mentioned. So let's expand on that. <laughs> you, yeah. Do you want to dive into sort of the, like the darkness and the lights of, I guess, vulnerability around energy or calling in energy or sort I think of so. Yeah. Because there's reasons why we want to meditate. Yeah. And it's usually because maybe we are feeling a little bit vulnerable and a little bit that, uh, disorganized, unbalanced, whatever that case may be. Well, and we've talked about it a little bit already is just helping balance and regulate the nervous system. And one of the guys I trained with in the past, he said, uh, I let his example for emotions was it's like two horses and you're you're in the chariot you know you're in the cart and you've got the reins and the, the horses are the emotions and you don't want to let go of the reins totally <clears throat> and you also don't want to hold them too tight and there's a time for like letting out more uh space let like letting them run and then there's a time to sometimes rein it back in a little bit and i think so much of the the things that are available to us right now like threaten the uh, ability to tune into like what's needed at what time for ourselves. We get pulled in all kinds of different directions, get in survival, fear mode, coping, whatever, can't pay the bills, money, um, all of those different things. Then suddenly we're, we're not even aware of what's going on with those um, two horses. You know, we're not aware of what's going on with those emotions. And it's a frequency. The frequency, I think, is maybe one of the most important things when it comes to what we're opening ourselves up to and if we're vibrating at a low level and there's no judgment on that it happens we all have things where we get knocked down we go through something challenging suddenly we're we're vibing pretty low maybe it's depression anger you know resentment rage like and and those can be welcome if they're worked with but a lot of times it's just suppressed and we can start vibing pretty low and you know frequency is another word for vibration as well and it's like you know strings on a guitar it's music, everything has tone and frequency. So our own bodies, our own nervous systems have that tone and frequency. And depending on what we're doing, it might be kind of high, it might be kind of low. When it gets low, if you find yourself in a vulnerable place, uh, a space with others, and you're vibing pretty low, whatever's in that space or whatever's available has a much easier time approaching your energy because you're susceptible because of your frequency. So resonance is resonance, like attracts like. So if that vibration's happening for you, you're in a really dark space. Mm. That's usually when you're the most vulnerable from, um, I don't even want to say a negative point of view, but we could just go with that word. And when we talk about um, 
energies that are dense and low and kind of draw in your life force, that's usually when that's happening. And when we're at a higher frequency, we're attracting high frequency energy. And whether you want to call that angels, ascended masters, you know, light beings, pure sort of divine source energy versus other energy that's um, could be judged as darker or denser or low vibration, of course, that can have an influence on us. And there is times where things happen, you know, we maybe um, enter a place, we're in a room or a a CD bar somewhere and you can feel you walk in, you're like, oh, there's a lot of sort of low vibes going on in here. If you're rocking a, a pretty high vibe, generally you're gonna be good. You know, you might need to do a little bit of energetic hygiene here and there. You mentioned cords and things like that and, you know, clearing things off and we're kind of like, um, you know, the static sheets in the dryer, we're gonna pick up static, you know, mm. it's part of being human. And I used to judge myself for that too. If I had, you know, been affected by something well, it's like, oh, I, that shouldn't affect me. And I think, why wouldn't it? I'm, I'm human too. So just being mindful of what frequency are we running? And sometimes if we're struggling or at a low frequency, that's actually the time to be really, really mindful of um, who we spend time with, where we're going, what we're doing. And sometimes that can be the hardest because that frequency is often attracting you to uh, other low frequency vibes. And it can be one of those things you get stuck in. And it can be hard to move out of that. And so uh, being at events or maybe doing some of the, the work that you do in coaching and guiding and leading and speaking to that, it can bring somebody's vibration up and they start shaking some of that stuff off. And so um, I don't know if you have any you know, comments or questions ab about that or your feelings on that, but that's, that's what's coming up right now. No, I think, you, I think that's a great answer it really makes it less complicated for anybody that's stepping into this work or just emerging or even just clarifying. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. It just really simplifies it. So if you're coming in, you know, low frequency, just be mindful. And then if you're coming in at high, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a definite contrast. You can notice the difference, but if you're in it and you're not used to that contrast, definitely going through those invocations will be really helpful. Mm -hmm. I do some hypnotherapy too. So when, when you're in that connected uh, energy, you're grounded, you're connected. It's just bringing in a number of symbol that represents that. And it's like, understand, embody that feeling. And then it makes it a lot easier to understand uh, how to get into that or not understand, but just like, just be able to get into that space before before <laughs> yeah you know when you are going to um, a spa or a pool or you know hot pools whatever and you get into the change room and it says please shower before entering the hot tub or the yeah hot tub. i kind of look at it that way when we're you know and i do this when i'm in treatment in the clinic in the morning because I, I have stuff that i'm processing you know i i always will and maybe I'm at a lower frequency one day compared to the next. But when I'm stepping into that space to really connect with somebody, I do that metaphorical energy cleansing shower. I might smudge myself. I might get some assistance from somebody else if I've been kind of stuck or struggling with something. Or I'll do some breath work. I'll do some meditation. I'll remind myself why I'm there. I'll get mm. some healthy food. I'll get some fresh air to bring my frequency up to a place where I feel like I can be more of service. 
And it's not that I don't drop down at times. It's what I do when I'm there and I see it, I feel it, I recognize it. And then I can orient accordingly to get back into kind of a, a frequency or a bandwidth where I feel better. So please shower off before entering the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, I've noticed just flick through the podcast uh, and interviews that um, a lot of people are showing up regardless of where they're at. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's so badass. Um, it's so easy to compare ourselves to maybe yesterday, a week ago, or to somebody else thinking that they got their shit together all the time. And that's so unrealistic. And I find that it is very humbling even for the observer to see someone just be like, fuck, this is just where I'm at. Um, take it or leave it. But like, I'm just honoring this, like, I'm just going to breathe through it, whatever the case may be. Um, and you'd mentioned before we started the recording that you were going through the motions and um, maybe today wasn't, it, you said today was a good day, but even if it wasn't, I mean, I can see that it's so easy just to be like, Hey, you know what, let's just reschedule this and do it for another day. But I think that it is so important to showcase the now and where we're at because it's like it gives us every, gives everybody else permission just to be like, okay, maybe it's not all perfect and we don't have to compare ourselves from yesterday. Um, I always teach people, it's like show up 100% of where you're at right now. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and there is this notion, right, of, I've felt this myself in the past at different times and even, you know, doing events. It's like, oh, I'm struggling with this element in myself and I, you know, it's shadow work or inner child work or whatever it might be. Who am I to, you know, do an event or lead? I have to get this solved before I do another event or I have to come into a place of like perfect harmony before I do anything. And again, very unrealistic not relatable. And I definitely have friends in my life where if I am struggling and we we're sharing, they're like, Oh, thank you so much for sharing that you're struggling. It makes me feel better. Cause you just seem like you're good all the time. And I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it allows that humanity to be through. And, you know, being human is a humbling experience. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, for anybody that feels intimidated by, you know, wanting to come to an event like this or other events that resonate with you, you don't have to be squeaky clean or get it all right to enter that space, you know, bring, bring yourself authentically, bring your humanity because it's often when we're experiencing a lot is usually the most we need to do that, where we need to connect into community or bring ourselves into a, a place where there's healing available. And mm -hmm. so much of the time when you're down, you kind of almost want to isolate and you know hermit and just do your own thing and that's been a big pattern for me for a long time that kind of hyper independence that if i'm struggling with somebody often nobody would know and i'd be in the you know the metaphorical cave just like doing my thing and i'd work through things and then emerge and everybody's like hey where you been and i'm like i'm i've been around <laughs> like, no you haven't you know you totally <laughs> dropped off and then i could reflect and realize oh i did I was going through quite a bit, but I didn't share it or I didn't ask for help. And so I do that more now and, you know, learning how I can 
process my own stuff and still show up in the world and feel real, you know, feel authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to be in full alignment every minute of every day, whether we're leading or not. We can try. And I, I love the leaning in to, to do my best. And, you know, wherever we're at, we're doing our best. And you can show up in that. And sometimes that's, you know, it's, it's like pro athletes. They might have a pretty crappy game, but it doesn't mean they're not going to go to practice and show up again. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, definitely. Learning from our past experiences is what we call the failures is like key. The other thing that uh, has come up for me is um, just a quote that was like super powerful. I've mentioned it a few times, but it's the areas in our life that we're avoiding is where our biggest growth is. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, feeling, I feel like the reason why we hermit in when we're going through tar hard times I feel like it's it's part of a sense, not only like we're trying to nourish ourselves, but it's a sense of control maybe where like if we feel out of control, maybe this is the best way we can feel in control. And no, I don't want anybody else to say because I'm trying to process because it's like I'm trying to gain control of that. But if we have the courage just be like, hey, fuck it. I, I feel like I just want to stay in, but I need to get out. Mm -hmm. And if we can just open ourselves up to those that we trust in our team. It's almost like the universe will just give you whatever you need at that moment in time. But it's really hard to get that when you're trying to control the situation and just go within. A lot of us do that. I've been practicing a lot to not do that. And when I am in that space, I will reach out to specific people that I know that can hold space for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I have found that really helpful because I think it just takes me faster time to get through it because I'm, I don't have the time to wrap a story around it, if you know what I mean, or attach a story to it yeah. so that I can just like, fucking let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know for me, some of those times more so in the past. I just, I didn't want anybody to see me not thriving. You know, you feel like ashamed or self-critical or judgmental. Like I, I'm only going to emerge when I feel like I'm contributing in some way. And, you know, some of these are messages, you know, lots of childhood elements and many patients I've talked to about this. If you're upset or you're crying or whatever, it's like, oh, go to your room and, you know, come out when you're more, amiable or, or more open or you're not crying or you're not angry or something. And so people have learned that they couldn't share their emotions and they couldn't share how they were actually feeling because it wasn't accepted unless they were happy. You know, mm. you can share that. But anything other than, uh, you know, being happy or, or you know, being uh, acquiescent to like whatever's going on, it would often get pushed to the margins and like, please, like, go isolate yourself <laughs> and that messaging is, is pretty hard, but that's just what the generations had learned because they didn't get taught anything different. But it's often because people don't want to deal with somebody else's pain or they're upset because we haven't also been taught how to hold that really well. I was going to say, we don't always know how to. Yeah, it is uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Somebody's sort of having a meltdown. Like, how do you orient to that it sometimes is easier if you're just going to move away from that but um you know then it can create quite a message in the nervous system that it's not safe to share it's not safe to emote and somebody's like hey how you doing you're like yep fine because mm. you're 
you're kind of seeing like, can they actually hold an authentic answer or not? If mm -hmm. I say, actually, I'm really, really struggling right now. This just happened yesterday and I, I'm all, I'm at the edge of my, you know, energy. Somebody may or may not be able to hold that. But what I've also been working on in my own life is giving people an opportunity where I feel guided. You know, I'm still wanting to be discerning that maybe they can hold this or maybe I can give an opportunity for them to possibly hold it, even if it's a little bit messy, because then I'm I'm just sharing and I'm being real more and I'm not having to hold so much for myself. And I don't mean like just dumping your stuff on other people just authentic communication of what's real and alive in those moments. And we're not always going to get it right. And just to remember to breathe <laughs> <laughs> for both people are the group and we get to try again. I do think heightened emotions do need time to subside. <laughs> Cause I find when you can't do that or don't do that, then your emotions are the driver of your car. Yeah. And I've always taught my kids this, like when they were heightened in their emotions, I'm not going to lie. I would send them to their room, but I would send them into the room just to bring a sense of calmness, like move through that deep energy. And then once they were like able to like bring it down a few notches, then we would talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. Like what, what was there for you? Mm hmm. And I think, I think we should all give ourselves that time to move through emotions so that they aren't the driver of the car. Cause that's where we're going to have to come back and apologize or feel deep regret because as soon as, as soon as you say anything, usually about within a very short amount of time, those emotions are now moved through and now you got to work through yeah, yeah. what you regretfully said during that time um well and but, yeah sorry I go just, ahead just want to say like with what i was sharing from like more of a negative kind of isolation disconnects don't share your emotions especially if they're perceived as negative i think there's a really beautiful element here of what you're sharing though is um meeting the repair right after that and i think that's where there can be a disconnect is if somebody gets sent to their room or whatever the message is however it was delivered whatever it is but then there's not a reconnection after that then yeah. that's different you know if there is a reconnection and repair and holding hey let's talk about this we're in a little bit better space to me that's almost similar to like calling a pause of like we do need a bit of a timeout right now things are getting too intense and, and fiery and escalating and that may not actually be healthy let's take a pause take some space whatever that looks like and then you come back into it and invite sharing and inviting attachment again inviting that healthy dynamic and uh, i think in lots of cases where that never did happen they yeah. just got left in their room or there wasn't repair reconnection after different story and so thanks for sharing that yeah, I talk about it a lot, actually, because sometimes, you know, we go, we live these busy lives or whatever. And sometimes that time and moment, there isn't, there isn't space to just fucking scream. There just yeah. isn't sometimes. Yeah. Um. So in my teachings, it's like, okay, let's, if it's not the right time, yeah, okay, set aside the emotions and deal with life like business for a second, but make sure you come back at some point and revisit 
those emotions, invite them back in so you can process them. Mm -hmm. Because when we stuff it down, our subconscious, that's, it's never been, it's not going to be seen or heard or acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And it just comes out in our body some way, one way or another, whether it's an ache or pain, a, <laughs> it's a way of slowing you down, knocking you on your ass. And it's like, okay, hey, bitch, now you got to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <a good> line. <laughs> right yeah. so if you do feel like you have to set it aside make sure you bring it back <laughs> some point and yeah. just honor that part instead of feeling shame guilt or resentment around it um especially for ourselves if we've been raised not to share um which I think, are we, are we Gen X? No, we're not Gen X. We are, where are you? No, I think I... I'm technically a millennial. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. But it was right on the cusp. Uh, yeah, like, we're on the cusp. You know, just, <laughs> uh, I'm the bridge. I'm the bridge. Conceived in 1980, you know, Gen, mm. Gen X, right? And then uh, born it's in- It's going to count for something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're the, we're the bridge of the old and the new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our generation is really interesting. Anybody born in 8081? <laughs> um, yeah, I think our generation was the last before any of the social media really happened in yeah. terms of, um, but I think I was in grade nine or 10 when the internet started really grabbing hold. And even then you still had to wait for it to kick in. <laughs> Yep, a little girl. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, man, just aged us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're with pride. The bridge generation. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna ride with pride. Okay, so um, I'm gonna ask you some an intimate question here. Kristen had some questions. She's so funny. She has always has questions written down and I usually just go on the fly. Um, but I think everything we've talked about has so much value in it. Um, when it comes to relationships and I'm thinking that this is coming, uh, like Kristen really likes to talk about uh, like partner work. Mm -hmm. She wants to know, what do you think men are craving from their partners. Oh, beautiful. Give me one second. I'm going to just hold on. I just wanted to make sure I was going to have all the juice for the rest of this. <laughs> interview okay coming back to the question what do you think men are craving from their partners in conversation with friends and patients mm -hmm. and um, even some you know reflections for myself with the love languages you know the uh, the five love languages i didn't realize for a lot of men myself included, how important words of affirmation were. Mm. And it's, I thought at times it was just a me thing, but then the more I talked to other men, 
and like that masculine energy you know it may seem tough at times and not emotional or or not you know connected in the same way the feminine energy can be but there's still a lot of depth there and those words can mean a lot and you know i've studied some of the gottman institute elements and you know criticism is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse for anybody that's familiar with uh, john and julie gottman you know they dive into very deep couples work and relational work and we talked about this in our last podcast a little bit yeah it's like criticism is one of the the things that can be so destructive in relationships and that can be different than feedback you know that can be different than openly sharing you know, vulnerability or, or something you'd like to see more of, but there's a way to deliver that. And, you know, some of the research that's available, it's like, you need like 20 positive affirmations to one like negative to create long-term health and, and balance. And how much of the time do we do that? Or how much of the time have we received that? And so I do see men get really upset. They don't always share it though. And maybe in sessions with me or in <clears throat> like safe places for them to share, they'll let out like how much they crave like the words of affirmation that they're doing a good job mm-hmm. that their partner is proud of them or or you know kind of really standing beside them <clears throat> in a way to really support what they're doing in the world or how they're showing up and you know none of us are always going to get it right but that's been a theme the last few years that I've seen come up again and again and just feeling the importance of it and and I think a lot of times it would get judged I know I judge this in myself as like, oh, no, I, I don't need like some kind words. I'm good. I've got this. I'm going this direction. I'm clear. And then somebody would really recognize and share something beautiful as, oh, I really like the way that you showed up in that. Or, hey, thank you so much for standing up to that that one element. And I could feel that land in my body of how much I wanted that and how much maybe in past relationships I didn't receive that and maybe received more of the the criticism repeatedly, it really can break you down. Even if you feel confident within yourself, it can damage things considerably if those other positive elements are not brought back in. And I know that can be similar for feminine and masculine. So that's, that's one. I feel like another element that, you know, the masculine are looking for from their partners is that softness in nurturing that the feminine can really provide if the the feminine is you know authentically showing up and i have conversations with a lot of people about this all the time that it's a bit challenging nowadays sometimes where somebody's got to provide they have to you know maybe play a lot of different roles the masculine and the feminine and for the feminine energy not feeling safe or met necessarily to be able to move into that softness but that is what the masculine is often craving is that feminine softness because they can't necessarily do that for themselves they can you know and we all have masculine and feminine energy inside but the 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 masculine does want to naturally protect and show up in that to protect that feminine energy and especially when it's met with softness it brings that through even more and that's where there's a beautiful polarity and beautiful dynamic dance that can happen so that that nurturing energy hasn't always been really available, you know, especially, you know, for the last bunch of years with just, you know, confusion around some of these pieces of I've had confusion too, is how do I show up as a, 
a healthy masculine? What does that mean nowadays? And what do I need, you know, and, and actually connecting in what's in there that, oh, I do want that softness and that nurturing, like beautiful feminine energy, because I can't offer myself that in the same way that I can receive it. Mm. Yeah, so good. Hmm. So what would you describe in terms of, can you expand on softness when you talk about um, softness in the feminine energy? Mm -hmm. what, what does that look like when you, like when you describe the feminine? Just for, and I, I want to go this way because uh, the feminine, the women especially, um, like you said, we're taking on multiple roles of feminine and masculine, masculine. And a lot of my feminine clients are not practicing their feminine. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not, there's, they're constantly in their masculine role. Yeah. So can you help describe that, that softness that you talk about? Mm hmm. Let me just tune into that a little bit more so I can mm -hmm. find the right words. Mm. It would feel like warm and inviting and nurturing where there's an ability for the masculine to soften as well because of that frequency that's being made available like the the openness and the inviting will will really shift energy in in those dynamics and uh you know i've noticed that for myself too because i can be really hard on myself and i can be very goal driven you know and very linear in my thinking of the mission here's the goal here's the the steps action let's do it. And, you know, those masculine um, elements of checking boxes and really, you know, creating achievement. And, you know, of course, this is in, in all energy dynamics, but when it comes to that soft feminine energy, it's not so linear, it's fluid, and it shifts and it's open, but it can still be nourishing. And it's not harsh. And there's um there's like a, the, the word keeps coming up. It's just an open invitation to, you know, maybe step towards and step closer where you feel um, that emanation of a, a deeper warmth inside mm -hmm. that then allows like a deeper heart connection and allows a deeper embodiment. And perhaps there is like that element of slowness. And there is a lot of different elements of that, that feminine energy of, you know, the, some of the things that are online available now, like the seductress and the temptress and the, the goddess and the queen and, you know, the different archetypes like there is for men of, you know, the king and the, the knight and the prince and some of these other elements. And so it's not to overgeneralize, but um, for a lot of men, they've missed out on the deeper nourishment where they're, they're allowed to feel the softness. And it actually allows them to repair and re-nourish to go back out in the world again. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I like how you said that. Hmm. That's really powerful. Okay. 
if you could go back, what would you tell your younger self? Do you have a specific age of the person I'd be talking <laughs> to? What's your feeling? Um, well, you're in your early 40s now. Let's go back 10 years. All right. 10 so years ago. Currently, I'm 42, so we're going back to the 32. Mm-hmm. Early 30s. Oh, 30, 30s. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that Kevin... I would tell him certainly um, that he didn't have to try so hard, you know, that he didn't have to solve everything for everyone all the time. Because he never really gave himself a chance to rest. There was, you know, parenting, providing, running a business, doing treatments, and really trying to check off all the boxes that he felt like he needed to and that he wasn't ever allowed to let any of them drop. And that amount of pressure was a lot to hold and that like that deep inner stress of fear of failure or fear of letting other people down and taking on so much, it often does lead to letting others down because you can't show up to every single thing if you've overextended and overcommitted mm. from a, a place of feeling that you need to or you have to. And if you don't achieve those things, then you're not a good man. Then you're not a good provider. You know, all those sort of inner and outer messages in the environment of, you know, things we get taught and things we pick up. So I would invite him to take a breath and rest and set down a lot of the armor, you know, and feeling like the the savior, the, the knight that has to just ride all day and all night from one distressing situation to another to try and solve it and fix it or, or help heal something. And I did that mm -hmm. with my friends. I did it in relationships that, you know, the doctor role that I was playing, that I needed to be the healer and the doctor for everybody and everything. And then even in close relationships or partnerships that, I didn't get a chance to rest. I didn't give myself a chance to not do that and really sort of overlapped all that energy in every place in life. And it was so exhausting and hard to hold. So I, I could see that in him. He was trying so hard that I would say, you're not failing. You've taken on way too much. Set some of these things down. They're not yours to solve, actually. And start asking the question, what do you need instead of asking what does everybody else need and it doesn't mean you can't you know focus on that as well but i didn't that version of me didn't include himself in very much it was all outward focused and so he didn't receive very much or either because he wasn't open to it or didn't even know that he was allowed to begin receiving or ask what does this early thirties version of Kevin need right now. And if he slowed down and really attuned to that, he would find that he would need a lot of rest mm -hmm. and a lot of nourishment and a lot of like words of affirmation that you're doing good. You know, we see you. So I'm just wow. saying to him right now is uh, I see you, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Sounds here. like you were laying a really strong foundation in your life 
<laughs> did um did anything specific happen uh, during that time that helped you pivot? Yeah, I think that I started realizing that I couldn't do everything on my own. And so I started seeking more help. I got counseling, you know, did some therapy, did some energy work, started opening up. And it was probably even before my um, 30s that I started doing that. But especially around that time, my kids were really little, you know, felt like a lot of responsibility that I started, yeah, sharing or finding outlets where I could share a little bit. And then like some of that pressure could come off, some of that self-induced induced pressure and expectation. And, you know, just learning better languaging of things that I would say then is I should know better about, you know, it could have been anything. And, you know, one of the women I worked with back then, she said, why do you think you should know better? Like who taught you? more like how could you possibly know the answer to some of these things you haven't learned that yet but you feel as though you should know the answer and that unrealistic expectation i had on myself to always know the answer to always have a solution for something and then realizing that's pretty crazy actually to have that expectation that would set one up for success of always feeling like a failure and then starting to soften just a little bit at a time to let some of that pressure drop and realize that I was, I was gonna, you know, get some things wrong at times and that I couldn't hold everything all the time and to start to be okay with that and to start to be okay with, Hey, people might get disappointed in me and I'm going to have to learn to live with that. And then just opening that space up more over time. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes those transitions just take it's sweet ass time. Yep. It does not happen overnight. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear all of that. Because um, I, I can really resonate back 10 years ago, even for me, like having the putting the pressure on myself to have to do all of the things. Um, yeah. And it was really that story that I had made up. And two, postpartum, didn't know much about it. Really didn't. Yeah. There's a lot of things that um, went unnoticed because I was living in that space basically all my life. Not, and then postpartum just intensified it. So it was, um, those were interesting, humbling times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good growth opportunity, as we like to say. <laughs> right? I know. I know. Okay. Um, ooh, here's one. What shifts have you seen since your last new human event? Going back to the event. I'm not as scared to fail. Mm, good one. And I would say I'm more courageously being myself. And whoever that resonates with, then okay. And whoever it doesn't, that that's okay too. Legit. Yeah. Um, that is, there's so much power behind that because it is our authenticity that is the most attractive. 
and you will attract the right tribe. Uh, Sarah Swain talks about this a lot with her old, uh, her old tribe. She wasn't able to come in authentically because she created this fucking monster of herself that it was hard to show up in ways that was truly who she was. And, and yeah, I find when we do that, we call in way higher quality relationships. Mm -hmm. And two, it takes a lot of compassion to be able to do that for yourself. So you're clearly giving yourself enough credit, enough credit to be able to just show up as you are and who you are. Because I like that version of you better, for sure. I don't know if I know any other version. I'm not going to lie. Maybe you say that you've gone through these shifts, but I can see when you're just being authentic and, and you're being yourself. And that's the Kevin that I want to surround myself with. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so what are you calling in next? I'm calling in more simplicity and working at clearing extra things off my plate so that I can slow down more also mm. and come into my core even more and then have a better connection to that, that deeper part of myself where that Kevin knows what he needs and then can orient to life in that way and, you know, ask for those things and cultivate those things so that there's more settled, you know, nervous system energy in my body as well. And, you know, certainly been working on that for some time. And I know there's more for me in that too. Really slowing down, getting that rest. So I'm calling in more effortless flow in life in general, where you don't have to try so hard and can just, you know, kind of move through in that, that silent power way. Working smarter, not harder. Yes. Good. Really good, Kev. I love that. And that's the energy that we're calling in currently anyways, is to slow down. Um, there's a lot of power behind just taking a second to breathe. Um, yeah, I think what, it, well, I know, and what I've been sharing a lot of is just, especially during this time of slowing down is integrating things into our lives that are a higher fre frequency. So better relationships, eater, eating cleaner food, hydrating more, um, getting adequate sleep. These are all like strong, like fundamentals that we should all be gotten going by, even though our makeup and our ingredients list is just going to look a lot different from one person to the next. You might need to in integrate more things than somebody else, whatever that looks like for you. But I think that's a pretty good, strong foundation to go off of um, in terms of just letting your nervous system just relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, really good conversation, Kev. Like, yeah, I'm just like so grateful to have spent this time with you. Likewise, and, yeah, yeah. always fun connecting and just yeah just always feels just natural and flowing with you and i uh, love your authenticity as well so thanks for having me today oh you're welcome you're welcome and like you you know it's i've worked hard at it i worked hard at not judging myself and 
don't get me wrong. I mean, I still get imposter syndrome. Like it comes in heavy, hot and heavy sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she's back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's nourish that part of her. Yeah. And let her know it's okay. You're in the right place. It is okay. These are just bullshit stories we like to make up about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just to before we wrap up, um, are you good if I could pull you a card? Yes, please. Okay. I'm just using uh, the Sacred Creators Oracle. I don't know if you're familiar with this deck. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm not. No. Okay, Chris, and I have a few <laughs> decks. <laughs> I don't know. I love uh, Chris Ann. It's a very straightforward uh, reading, but the concepts are well-rounded and full of juicy juice. So we're just going to bring in a nice reading for Mr. Kevin Preston. See if there's something that he needs to hear, unless if there's something you want to ask. Or are you just an open vessel? I'm happy for you to channel whatever's there. <laughs> cool all right what do we got for kevin whoa and it flew there she goes <laughs> there you go mm, beautiful <laughs> you just can't make that shit up and the number on there is 13 um i'm sure your intuition speaks clearly around that message success in transformation um the essential meaning is the end of one thing in the beginning of another rebirth ongoing growth continuous improvement transformation and change and this actually uh stems around the energy that's being called in anyways like i mentioned earlier like there's this energy of bringing action and you cannot know what that action is until you get quiet and slow the fuck down yeah. a major phase in your life is coming to a close and a new beginning is coming into view this natural cycle of death and birth will bring positive closure and a long-awaited cycle of completion mm -hmm. these endings are inevitable and we must allow them to happen naturally radically reframe any imperfections or unsuccessful attempts have led to this <laughs> it's okay to make mistakes along the way so accept them as an invaluable lesson uh, that has shown you how to become more resilient and more accurate with each successive try lean in with a growth mindset yep another freaking growth opportunity and <laughs> to identify which ingredients <laughs> which ingredients are missing then get ready to make some superstar upgrades because continuous self-improvement is key to this transformation. One evolution leads to the next. We are never done learning about who we are nor about who we're becoming. And because of this, it's never too late to start. You're not too late to make it. Let go of old ideas and old ways of being and reborn into an extraordinary new opportunity. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty on point. That feels beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just confirmation. Everything that we talked about was like a complete channel download with reflection.
Hey. <laughs> the computer was like, I'm done. And I, I thought I had covered all my bases, but I'm in the recovery or recording still happening. Amazing. I'm so happy I was able to hop back on. <laughs> okay. I want to finish this for you because um, there are some questions here I want you to reflect on. Okay. Yeah. What is ending for you and what is beginning and how can you honor these two states of transition? Hmm. Do you tend to rejoice in the new or lament the past? Every great success story includes moments of rejection and mistakes before that widely incredible step was taken. How have you transformed and transformed again in order to be ready for your big moment? How are you welcoming continuous improvement into your life? And what one thing can you do differently that would be dramatic improvement over last time can you answer that last question if you know it yeah less orientation to fear and more orientation to love mm. that's legit <laughs> fear it just yeah, it's so interesting how we have embodied fear and let that be the driver of our cars. But understanding the difference that they don't have to be because it's all a lie. <laughs> awesome. Do you have anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? That feels so good. Yeah, just connecting with you has been amazing. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to December 16th, The New Human, and we got tickets available still. If you feel the call, you know, check out our website. And um, yeah, it's all there. All the info's there. Send us any messages if you're wondering. But um, yeah, we're building more and more energy right up until we, we kick off then. And I think a really beautiful way to end the year of like harnessing and pulling all the all the experiences, the learnings, the growth, the lessons, all of those things, and like bringing them into the depths of like completion and integration in your nervous system, in your spirit, in your heart, so that by the time you are moving into 2024, you've already brought that into a, a new phase. You brought it into the new energy. And, you know, it's kind of like the bear going into hibernation. We're going to dive into that event and get that deep rest messages nourishment whatever is needed so by the time we emerge back from that there's a, a new version and a new human coming out the other side and much like you said last time you had your event it's basically starting as soon as you buy your ticket yes. <laughs> a lot of that energy happens um yeah, we're really excited for you, Kevin. We're always rooting for you. You just do beautiful work and your message is very strong and clear. We will be sharing all of your event details in our show notes and then obviously on our social media. Um, yeah, and again, just thank you for your authenticity and just showing up as who you are. It's, uh, it's a gift. Well, thank you so much. I love you guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
Awesome. Okay, hang tight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you all next interview.